Welcome to the Home Time Show podcast. Uh, I speak directly to uh, to you, Bush, right now, and not our dear podcaster. Yes, you ought to show up. If you felt like I've been winking at you all the way through the show today, I must apologise. I felt like you were you were like making knowing looks at me during a couple of the the pieces during the show you're about to hear. What that, was going on it's there? It's paranoia. Do you ever get this? Do you get a fluttering eye? I hate it. It's awful, isn't it? I had it for most of last week, and there's no way of getting rid of it. I think people say like you're supposed to eat bananas, potassium. Is that what it is? I, I've always thought it's tiredness. Uh, I think it is, uh, and uh, t- and potassium would. Uh, makes sense with that. I think you have to potass up to, you know, get your your energy levels up. I know that you haven't got a scientific background for that particular statement, but it's the start of the podcast, so I'm not going to pick you up on it. <laughs> but why does the eye, why is the eye the first thing to sort of get... Or, or is, am I having too much coffee? I don't know what it is. It's one or t'other. I think it is just being tired. The worst thing is about it, it adds unwanted context to absolutely everything that you're doing. So you go, you know, you might make a joke with someone at the till when you're leaving Tesco, nudging a wink, suddenly it's all a bit different, <laughs> isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's all a bit weird. Anyway, podcaster, I'm winking at you right now. Here's the podcast. Got a spring in my step today. You do. You, you look like you have a spring in your step. This What's is going on? Because I have achieved a small little victory in my sad little life today. I'm trying to work out what it is. Have you managed to get a parking space outside your house ahead of a neighbour that you have a beef with? <laughs> is it something like that? I don't have beef with any of my neighbours, to okay. be clear, if they're listening. But uh, <laughs> that is something I would celebrate. Absolutely would be. Uh, no, this is because you know, even having work at home over the last few months, it's meant that the skybox has not been plugged in. So I haven't been able. To to watch a lot of telly. I would say as well, there's nothing more sorry-looking than an, a, a disconnected skybox. Yeah. It's like all that wasted entertainment. Exactly. Isn't it? So, it's now got to the stage where we're ready to put the telly back on uh, because the lounge is now free again. But the work that's been done, the telly has been relocated in the lounge. Uh-huh. So, it's no longer where the sky leads come into the lounge. Right. So some jiggery pokery has had to be done to make Sky come on my telly again. Okay, did you do the jiggery pokery? I've jiggery poked. Okay. <laughs> That's a verb I don't want to be familiar with. <laughs> no engineer has been called out for this. A lead has been bought off a very well-known online marketplace. Right. <laughs> it arrived yesterday. I plugged it in this morning. Nothing. It says no satellite signal. Jiggery pokery, second time round for myself for about an hour paper clips pliers all sorts oh my word and suddenly cricket has come on my telly i fixed the skybox it feels like a fantastic little victory for me i would love to see around the back of that telly because you are the person who bought the 32 foot long ethernet cable by accident during <laughs> lockdown Do you, remember that? Yeah. you can literally share it with the person down the end of your street and i've learned by it i got a tape measure this time and i measured how long i needed to order off amazon you're all over it today I know. you are all over it this week so look it's put me in a good mood is there something that you have fixed and sorted yourself that you want to celebrate today what what we're after here is, right, even if it's a tiny little thing, if it makes you feel like you want to run up some steps like in uh, Rocky and scare a load of pigeons yeah. off, punch the air, that's the kind of vibe we're after. I've got that feeling. I've been having a three-day running battle with ants in okay. our in our garden, yeah. in our in our kitchen. I would say, even though the weather's nice at the moment, does anyone else agree? Insects ruin nice weather for everybody, <laughs> don't they? They just ruin it for everyone. So I've had loads of ants trying to get in and I didn't didn't really know what to do about it. Uh, but this morning, after this this three day battle's taken up most of my little weekend, extended weekend off, uh, I steam mopped them. 
back over the border. Steam mop? We've got a steam mop that fires really hot air at the end of it. It's amazing. Wow. And I hoovered them up, yeah. and then any stragglers that were trying racing to get back to the edge of the kitchen bit where the door is into the back garden. I steam-mopped them into oblivion. It's, in the ant community, it's like the fall of Atlantis. It's Little small... ants flying past Greek statues falling over, like something out of Clash of the Titans. It's a small victory. It's you should a, celebrate It's it. a huge victory. Kirsty says, I've managed to finally sort all my summer and winter clothes. I've bagged the unwanted clothing to go to the charity shop. It's a little victory to some, but it's a no. massive one for me. Paul says, I'm 57. Today I learned how to split cells in a Word document. Oh, is that when you make a table? And you've got to add more boxes to it. It certainly looks like it. Because I don't know how to do that either. I'll hook you up with Paul. Jonathan's got in touch. They don't have to be big ones. I'm home early from work, he says. Oh, that's nice. That's a small victory. Even if you've got the house to yourself for just even half an hour, 25 yeah. minutes, fantastic. You enjoy it. Uh, there's a text here that says there's a guy putting up guttering around the car park in Bicester and he's been doing it all day in the heat whilst listening to Absolute Radio. He's clearly got impeccable taste. And it's just about to rain and he's almost done. What a legend. Hashtag win, says that person. Dan, uh, Explain to us your little small victory. Right. Well, I was uh, walking through a, a park in, in Mountain Ash, and uh, I noticed the, uh, I just carved out of a walking stick. So when I picked it up, I dug through, and I found two other pieces of a walking stick. And it's uh, apparently it's dated from 1751, and I managed to get it near perfect. I've been offered £250 on, online for it. Dan, I want to make sure that we've heard this properly. Yeah. You have dug up a walking stick that dates from 1751. It was in three pieces. You've restored it yourself and have been offered £250 for it. Yeah. It's just this, uh, the the head of it is like a snake's head, but then as you go down the walk, there's all hand-carved a lion. Sounds like it might be magic. It sounds like it might be Gandalf's staff from Lord of the Rings. That's amazing. (laughs) It's much, I tell you what, it's much better than trying to get the cricket on the skybox. Oh, he's <laughs> suddenly turned into cricket bashing. So you're going to accept this 250 quid offer, or are you going to sell it or keep it? What's, what's the thing? No, well, uh, it's always the same thing. You, know, you, you, you don't accept your first offer, do you? So I'm going to go to Antiques Roadshow, I think. So. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a bit of uh, research on it and see what, what they're worth. This it is a really, really spectacular looking. I tell you what, Joe, I haven't got no thing on my phone at the moment, but I'll send you a picture of it off my wife's phone. We want to see it. Yes. It's absolutely spectacular, honestly. Really, really amazing. Uh, Rob says, I've just passed my gas-safe ACS resit. Now, I don't know much about gas, but is that your new Corgi-registered thing? That sounds like it. It does sound like it. It sounds like a small victory. That's what we want to celebrate with you today, your small victories. When you do exams like that as well, like, you know, for gas and stuff like that around the home, they should give you the whole flat hat and stuff like you do at university to get your parents Definitely. down to a local cathedral. I want your, 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 your gas ACS people stood by their <laughs> van chucking that in the hair, celebrating. Really awkward, like, very rare dinner with your parents later on, <laughs> at like uh, a Bernie Inn or something. Uh, this text is, is fantastic. It says uh, they've just performed uh, a phrase we'd never heard before on Home Time, technomancy which appears to be a technological kind of play on necromancy, say, on a 10-year-old computer that had all but died. Now it boots up quicker than my phone. And he adds, I've got video proof for this. Jules, what's happened to you? Well, I um, I make curtains and blinds for a living. And um, I'd made some and taken them round to a customer today. And I parked outside the house. And um, 
I saw the lady of the house, who I've only met once, sort of waving at the window and doing this kind of gesture that says, oh, round the back, round the back. So off I go, round the back, through the gate, enter the house, and I, I shout, hello. And she comes downstairs and jumps out of her skin. What she actually meant was, no next door. <laughs> <laughs> Frighten the poor lady. And then she said, well, why are you here? <laughs> Could you measure up some curtains? I was like, oh, my God. So obviously she knew why I was there at the next door neighbours. So... Um, because it's quite a tight-knit community. So there you go, I secured a customer from breaking and entering. Fantastic, what a way to do it. So you, you've you've <laughs> gone and got another order there purely by accident? Purely by accident. She may not have even decided to call me or look me up online or anything, but while I was there... Do you know what? This is definitely a little victory and what has happened to you is the kind of thing that would normally be the script of a Richard Curtis movie and you'd look at it and go, <laughs> that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, it exactly. does to you. It does. And, and I'm sure, I, I, I'm trying to think of one, but I can't, but our hometown listeners must have some form of blinds-based pun, of a way of summing this up, what's happened to you today. Have, Richie, have you got one? <laughs> well, I think we could just draw a line under this, can't we? Is that to do yeah, with... Yeah, you draw curtains. Draw, that's, that's pretty good, so that's not bad, it's a good start. It's not good. Draw it to a close. Again, <laughs> even though you're in the trade, I would have expected better. Well, I have a dash a read at it, didn't I? <laughs> that's not bad as well. Oh, that's so bad. 8, 12, 15. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not getting owned by you, Jules. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, it's good to be back in. I had my day off yesterday totally ruined, totally torpedoed. I was just lying there, minding my own business, having a bit of a lie-in, and the worst possible news for an Everton fan like me came out of the blue. Uh, news that our beloved manager, Carlo Ancelotti, completely out of the blues, decided that he's leaving the club. He's going to Real Madrid. <laughs> I should have known. Honestly, I was absolutely gutted. I was so glad I wasn't on the radio when this was happening yesterday. I definitely would have been sacked for a blue language. I was glad you weren't as well. Oh, I mate. did think of you. I had to have a walk. <laughs> I feel Honestly, I feel so betrayed by the whole thing. Uh, he has made me feel, Carlo Ancelotti's made me feel like a housewife who sent thousands to a, a fictional Italian lover. <laughs> it clearly doesn't exist, but you know when you're too invested to admit it and know the truth? And to be honest, if he phoned me that night saying that he needed £500 to unlock his visa, I'd have probably transferred in the cash and gone and driven into departures. Uh, that's how far in I was. And the weird thing is about it is that I've never met the fella, but now I, I, that is now indelible on my soul yeah. that I am... I'm betrayed by him. <laughs> and it's weird how you can harbour these things with people you've not met. So we thought, let's try and make something good out of this negative, right? This hour of the Home Time Show tonight, tell us about the time you felt betrayed by a fictional character or someone you've never met before in your life. Yeah, because you've never met Carlo Ancelotti. He is real. He's really Real Madrid's manager. All right, thank you. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> but you've been betrayed by him, yeah. So Craig says, right... Uh, and this is, could be anything, any betrayal. Imagine investing your time and energy into How I Met Your Mother just for this ending. And he's tweeted a photo of a woman at the window with a couple of dogs talking to a man stood in the street below with a blue trombone. Now, I've never seen How I Met Your Mother, you but mean? I think he's insinuating that that's quite a poor ending <laughs> and a bit of a betrayal. James says Jacques Villeneuve, when he got dropped by BAR ahead of the Japanese Grand Prix, Grand Prix in 2003. Do you know what? I saw one that came in as well regarding a programme that I used to cherish, 24. I don't want to give away spoilers, but it's very, very old now. Very, very old. I don't Is think that I'll that make it. the photo of the lady? The photo of the lady? 24. 24. Jack Bauer, 24. Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Just absolutely love 24. Oh, OK. Yeah, Nina Myers in, in season one of 24. I, I don't want to give away spoilers, even though it's, like, decades old, but I've never felt betrayal like that. I cannot say the word that Ian has said, uh, but he's just gone, 24's Nina. What a... 
and then I'll step back. It sounds like the kind of thing my mum would have said if Madonna came on the telly when we were kids. <laughs> I trust, trust me. It, 24 now is so dated, looks so fuzzy, but it's worth going back just to see this piece of work. Isn't that testament, though, to a bit of TV or a bit of fiction that people, even all those years on, can still feel aggrieved? Ian in Glasgow and me feel exactly the same. Mark says, Kevin Spacey, when we found out he was Kaiser Sose. I'm sorry about any spoilers on this, but it's a dead old film. Uh, Jack says, Ashen Alien. Do you remember that? One of the best cinema reveals ever and the ultimate betrayal. And Dave says, and this doesn't have to be movies or TV specifically, uh, this is a music one. He says, I was only 16 when Paul Weller broke up the jam. I felt so betrayed at the time. I got over it and ended up loving the Style Council, unlike those on the Jam Society Facebook page, which is a bear pit. <laughs> Old Gold 80 on Twitter says, how about the time Zach Morris went behind Screech's back and copped off with Lisa Turtle? <laughs> Hashtag betrayal. Oh, I love that TV show. Speaking of TV shows, uh, Joe and Keithley says, I feel my ultimate betrayal. The scriptwriter of Lost. I oh. finally watched the whole lot on Sky a few years ago. Uh, the ending seemed like the original chap had jacked it in and stormed off. And so it got left to the cleaner to think up of an ending. This is great. I mean, there's a lot of endings in programmes which are really bad these days. If you've been betrayed by the amount of time you've invested in the endings, rubbish, get in touch. Uh, we've got Kaz on the line. What's your betrayal moment, Kaz? When Deirdre did the... Um horizontal slide with Dev. <laughs> oh, I think that's what how they exactly how they described it in the Radio Times <laughs> back there. <laughs> and it, it were very um it was it would have been far-fetched. Um, now, why was that a betrayal? Because well, I can remember Deirdre being with Samir. I can't remember her being with anyone. Oh, and Mike Baldwin for a while. But I can't remember her being with Dev. She had the one day or one night slide. with Dev and it was Christmas Day. <laughs> Ruined your Christmas dinner. <laughs> so, what? what is it in particular? Is it you don't like the idea of Deirdre doing that or the fact that you liked the person that she was doing that with? Or what? what where's the betrayal in there? If you watch it on YouTube, it's really uh, <laughs> it still partially undressed and together, and it's gross. <laughs> wow! I am going to have to watch it though. I'll come round. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kaz. All right, bye. Lando Calarizian from Star Wars getting a lot of stick this evening <laughs> in terms of his double crossing during the original Star Wars trilogy. The question is this, when were you betrayed by someone you've never met or a fictional character? Lando's coming in for a lot. I'm seeing a lot of Hulk Hogan's yes. as well. I don't completely get wrestling, so uh, I'm, I'm just watching it all come through. There's a, there's a lot of wrestling stuff coming through. Uh, but one that's also coming through a lot, and we spoke about this earlier on, 24, big show for me. We discussed Nina Myers in 24. <laughs> she, she's getting a lot of... Ian, who initially got in touch about it, is so destroyed. He's on the phone right now. Ian, it's still causing you a problem. My, my blood went cold, honestly. I, I was just raging. I couldn't believe it, you know? Um, so, when you know you know, certain people become synonymous with a character they've played at a particular time, you know, in, in a programme, even if it's ages ago, when you see the actress that played um, Nina from 24, do you still have that little rush of blood where you, you feel hostile towards her because of what she did? Yeah, I wouldn't watch anything she's in. <laughs> Brilliant, I love Thankfully, it. Thankfully, her career oh, wasn't oh. massive post-24, so that's not too much of a problem. It was, uh, no, it was just, honestly, it just made me feel sick. To do that act is just wrong. Jack deserved better than that, didn't he? Jack's a good lad. He is a good lad. He is a good lad. And I, I love your loyalty, Ian. It's, it's a heartwarming thing, and it's lovely to speak to you. It's a, it's a beautiful moment. <laughs> Lovely to speak to you in person, guys. Love the show. Always listen.
Iona says, I still feel betrayed by the fat controller from Thomas the Tank Engine. Very harsh punishment <laughs> dished out to Henry. Uh, years of childhood trauma as a result. I believe this is... Uh, this is You've struggled with this. Henry being bricked in. Henry did get uh, bricked up, yes. What did he do to warrant such behaviour? He, uh, he'd had a new coat of paint, uh, green paint, I seem to remember. Yeah. Um, and uh, it started to rain and he didn't want his, uh, his paint to get dirty, so he stayed in the tunnel. Okay, well, he got and, up. and he was like, I'll show you. You want to stay in a tunnel? You'll stay in a tunnel for the rest of your life. <laughs> That's it. That was the punishment. Uh, weirdly enough, David Gray, I don't know whether it is that David Gray, uh, says, Sean Michaels throwing Marty Giannetti through the barbershop window. He's never forgotten it. Uh, this text has raw emotion. When I was 14 years old, I received my ultimate betrayal. It was heartbreaking. I walked to the shop one Sunday morning to get the papers for my mum, where I saw the news that Simon Le Bon had got married. Whoa. He didn't love me the way that I loved him. The tears I cried. Thank at the ripe old age of 49 I have recovered but it was a struggle they've decided to withhold their names fair enough he's a hunk though and he is a hunk <laughs> he still looks great uh, right Andy share with us your betrayal who is it well Elon Musk and China to be honest Elon Musk and China That's a, it's a bold one to explain well Elon Musk bought all this bitcoin and then all of a sudden he's like oh bitcoin is really bad and I kind of do agree with him that it is pretty bad for energy use and all the rest of it but then he cut my portfolio completely in half well more than half and now I'm out of pocket so it's all his fault because he's much richer than me and he's right. all the losing money so you, you're, this this <laughs> grievance sounds like a uh, a podcast uh, Elon <laughs> Musk cut my portfolio in half <laughs> So, uh, if you, what is your Bitcoin worth at the moment, then, fella? Well, I had just over a grand's worth. I'm not rich by putting into it. Now it's worth 130 quid. Oh, Andy! Wow! Oh, my words! I think I would have a problem with Teslas. Yes. Yeah, it's just, it's just not fair. <laughs> wow! Not fair. Oh, Andy, we we feel for you. <laughs> It's it's not good. It's not good. I'm saving up to buy a Porsche. It's never going to happen at this rate. <laughs> Bush and Richie here with the Home Time Show, the radio show that cares about you because Richie and I know better than anyone else that sometimes the middle of the week can be hard work because you're flagging a little bit. Uh, so that's why we've devised our midweek games night and tonight we are playing Hotter or Not. Hotter or not than Cardiff, which is where uh, it's been the hottest place in the UK over the last 24 hours. Good for Cardiff. <laughs> uh, so, uh, two contestants that are playing for the uh, home time tea towel, the home time face mask, the home time mug, the home time badge, and of course, the sign photo. We have got Michael and Christine. Let's very quickly meet them. Hello, Michael. How are you doing? Where are you calling from? Okay, pretty warm there today, Michael. <laughs> Okay, you stay exactly where you are. And on the other line, playing against you is Christine. Where are you calling from, Christine? Fantastic. Where are you from originally? Wow. Kind of similar weather going on there slightly? (laughs) Fantastic. Brilliant. Well, listen, stay there and let's get ready to play. Uh, So, Michael, you are through first, so you'll get your first three locations. Cardiff, okay, 26.1 degrees Celsius. That's been its temperature over the last 24 hours. So Cardiff is 26.1 degrees. Michael, your first location is Sydney, hotter or not than Cardiff? At 21 degrees, not. Correct. Okay, your second one, Michael, Mumbai. Is Mumbai hotter or not than Cardiff? 
At 31 degrees it is, but not by as much as you might think. This guy's good. <laughs> right. Dubai. Is that hotter or not than Cardiff? 37 degrees. You've got the hat trick. Three out of three is very good. Christine, the pressure's on. The Chris, uh, Christine, the pressure is on you big time. Are you feeling confident about this? I know, Mr. Mr. Uh, Michael there, Michael Fish probably, knowing all the weather. <laughs> That's a reference to Christine again. <laughs> I, I panicked about that as I was saying. <laughs> Christine, here we go. First place then. Uh, Cardiff, 26.1 degrees. Johannesburg, hotter or not? Well done, it's just 14 degrees. One down, two more to go. Paris, is that hotter or not than Cardiff today? Absolutely right. Good. 25. <laughs> you get this, you're into the tiebreaker against Michael Fish over there. Reykjavik, is that hotter or not than Cardiff today? I think so. Yes, it? It, yeah, is. it is. Yes. <laughs> 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 wow. They're both right. through to a tiebreaker. Now they've given us tiebreaker answers uh, whilst they were on hold during the last song. Uh, there is the city of Cardiff, uh, the hottest place in the UK, but how many people live in Cardiff enjoying that hot temperature? Michael, you gave us an answer of... Which is your locked-in answer, 500,000. Uh, Christine, your locked-in answer was... Uh, the population of Cardiff is 335,145. <laughs> Don't regret it, Christine. You've won the home time tea towel, the home time face mask, the home time mug, the home time badge, and, of course, the signed photo. What about that, Christine? What a night. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and it has made your decision to come to this country absolutely vindicated with this evening. <laughs> Lovely to speak to you. Take care. Have a great night. The Games Night will be back next week. Home time on a Wednesday night with Bush and Richie. We've always said that the Home Time Show is the show all the stars want to talk to. And let's prove it right now by welcoming to the show uh, England rugby sensationist, Mr Will Greenwood. How are you doing, Will? I'm absolutely fabulous, thanks, chaps. And, uh, other than the building work that was supposed to take three months, it's currently taken nine months. I'm keeping very, very calm. Don't start me. <laughs> Richie's got similar issues. <laughs> Although you'll understand this, Will, I managed to plug in my skybox today after three months of being with it and it made me a very happy man. I can see light at the end of the tunnel. Stuff of dreams. Stuff of dreams. <laughs> uh, Will, how have you been uh, during this uh, strange 12 months that we've all had? Uh, have, you, have you been doing okay? Yeah, doing all right actually. On a family level, we're, we're okay. Um, yeah, the boys and the, the daughter have coped remarkably well, far more resilient than ourselves. Uh, on a work level, I've, I've changed job. Hardly met most of the people I've started to work with. Met them all on Zoom calls and Teams meet. So looking forward to meeting them. Person, I managed to write a book with an old friend of mine on uh, world-class performance behaviours, mm. which comes out in September. And then, you might say foolishly, but I'm hoping it's expertly timed to have gone about launching a new sports festival with my great friend Austin Healy. Well, this is what we wanted to uh, to talk to you about. Uh, tell us about the Festival of Sport. What is it? Yeah, so basically, it's uh, we're keen to generate, generate some post-lockdown positivity. So we've created a family sports festival with coaching from world-class legends. We've got some entertainment, some bands, we've got camping, and so much more besides. It's on the North Norfolk coast, so we're going to get a lot of North Norfolk food uh, in terms of the... the 
the offerings in amongst all the sport. And then basically, if you think rugby, we've got World Cup winners like Mike Tindall, Rachel Burf, Bobby Skinstead, we drop into hockey gold like Alex Danson, she's amazing, Olympic and world champion rowers, Helen Glover, Anna Watkins. We've got netballers, Cook, Pam Cookie, Tamsin Grew. The list goes on. We've got Olympic gymnasts, got bronze medalists, Amy Tinkler, and uh, Steve Baxter, hopefully, Jason Fox from Who Dares Wins, uh, golfers. Uh, the strap line is uh, no one is left on the bench. You don't have to be a superstar. You might be dipping your toe in the water. It's a Friday to Sunday on the 13th to 15th of August. I'll be doing the car parking. You're going to be met by me and Austin and a whole host of other... <laughs> Sporting sort of D-list celebrities who come with a bag full of enthusiasm uh, and, uh, and and the families ourselves in the most amazing location on the North Norfolk coast called Holcomb Hall on the Holcomb Estate. And, uh, yeah, it's the first year and uh, things are going great and we're just trying to get the message out there to as many people as possible, whether you're a pro or a beginner, whether you're a mum, a dad, a first-timer, a five-year-old whose ambitions have winning seven Olympic golds or a nine-year-old golfer who wants to swing the club for the first time, we will have something for you. So, I mean, obviously you've you've won the World Cup with, with England and uh, do you think that's down to the good coaching? Do you think, have we got good coaching in this country or can we do better? And that's the reason why you're doing this in terms of for kids. I was really lucky. I came, I was brought up in a sports mad family. Uh, brother and sister both play all sorts of sports. Dad was an England captain. Mum was sort of golf and tennis coach and a math teacher. So I was combining working how many how much 11 bananas in boots cost uh, in 1983 <laughs> with slip catching with Dad in the back garden uh, and doing the three-mile run to the gravitational tree, which is just outside Stonyhurst. I know exactly where the run is, and I spent years and years trying to break 20 minutes and as a 17 year old I finally broke 20 minutes and that's the hill that I still credit with when I'm running out of puff in a World Cup final I thought if I can get to that chopping tree in Stonyhurst then I can make this tackle and the reality is I didn't grow up wanting to become an England rugby player I just grew up loving sport loving family being outside doing things together and this is exactly what this festival will allow people to do after so much time sort of practicing against a wall if you've got a wall or throwing a ball you know sort of Steve McQueen style from the great escape in a <laughs> corridor at home where you can't do any sporting activity this is thousands and thousands of acres in one of the most beautiful parts of the, of the country I got married about three miles down the road it means a great deal to me and we, we ran these festivals five or six years ago we thought it was the perfect time to bring it back we've got an outdoor cinema on the Friday night we're, we're probably going to show the greatest showman so all the families and kids can sort of sing along Saturday night we've got a cracking band to create a sort of mini Glastonbury festival. And the plan is, on Sunday, there's a sort of mile drive out of Holcomb Hall. And our bet to all mums and dads is every single child will be asleep by the time you hit the <laughs> 8149 to King's Lynn. Great idea, I love that. Uh, here's a question. What's harder, a Lions tour to South Africa or putting on a big event? Wow. Uh, so when you go on a Lions tour to South Africa, everyone provides you kit for you. Uh, they basically just turn up with a passport and a toothbrush. You know, all the stash you've ever dreamed of. You're playing with the world's best players. What can possibly go wrong? You're putting on a festival in the middle of a pandemic, waiting for the roadmap to come out the other side, <laughs> uh, trying to sort of locate diaries of professional sportsmen and women, trying to pin them down to say, yes, they will come, hoping the sun will shine. You do the math, my son, but nothing <laughs> in life that was worth doing came easy. Well, what's the most unglamorous thing that you've booked or organised in the process to getting this sorted, Will? 
we had a massive meet last week. Eight of us drove up to Norfolk to determine where we'd put the toilet. Fantastic. <laughs> it's important. Very important in a campsite because you think there's an obvious one, but then you're looking at pitch 174 and you're thinking if an eight-year-old child wants to loo in the middle of the night, the parents are going to come and gun me down the next morning. I've got a two-and-a-half-mile walk uh, to have a little pay. So it's being... Equitable distribution of loos on a campsite, utterly critical, with, most importantly, especially for my wife, hot water available on tap, uh, great food, so the kids never get... If they stay fed and watered, who cares really about being clean? Fed and watered, and there's the great outdoors... Uh, I know that no matter what the weather chucks at us, we'll have an epic time. And it will take place August 13th, August 15th. You know, we're going to be well out of it by then. And we're all outside. Uh, there's, yeah, we're really, really excited about it. I'll, I'll throw the website at you for people. It's festivalofsportuk.com. That's festivalofsportuk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Sounds great, Will. Thank you very much for telling us about it. Good luck. Thank you very much indeed. See you all there in the summer. Cheers, Will. There's your podcast. Just to refer back to what we were saying at the very start about the... Um, a, is there a name for it? Like trembling eyelid or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have the twitchy eye. Secondly, we were joking and we were kind of poo-pooing a little bit um, bananas and that's supposed to be a cure. If you've got a brilliant cure for vibrating trembling eyelid, we want to hear about it. Drop us an email, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. I'd happily wear an eye patch. <laughs>